RadioInfluence.com. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. I'm Jim Fannin. My name is Seth, Jim's producer and sidekick here on America's Most Positive Podcast. And Jim, we we were upfront about the fact that there might have been a tear or two shed during the last episode because it was so moving. Uh, I'm going to try to go not go two episodes in a row crying, but then on the other hand, we're talking about it. You and I are big babies. (laughs) We're big babies. Six foot plus tall criers. That's what we are. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, don't you cry when you're happy. Don't you cry when you're sad. So, you know. Uh, I've uh, recently been crying more when I see something awesome uh, because it just hits an emotional chord. I can't help it and let it fly. <laughs> so it, it is what it is. And some fantastic guests today. We're talking about dreams coming true. And the way that you told me about dreams when we first met, uh, man, I thought that was a, a really interesting take because I don't think I'd ever thought about this topic this specifically. When you say dreams coming true, I would say, oh, you know, it's that thing that you kind of hope happens. And- when you wish upon a star, <laughs> makes yes. no difference who you are. Come on, Walt Disney. I, th- I think I think Linda Ronstadt. I think true. Linda yeah. Ronstadt actually did a cover on that. Oh, did she? Original. I th- yeah, <laughs> okay. that's way back as well, back in the seventies. But yeah, dreams do come true. You know, I I dreamt. Uh, openly with my grandfather, Papa, as I called him, uh, up in the uh, definitely up into the hills of uh, eastern Kentucky. This is up near Letcher, well, in Letcher County, uh, Fleming Neon, Kentucky, to be exact. And we would walk deep into the woods alone. And the one thing he always told me, he said, Jimmy, just because the bushes don't move doesn't mean nothing's in there. What? what? Papa, what are you talking about? And then he would turn over a log and all the little critters would scatter and sometimes a squirrel would uh, leave a bush and run up a tree. And just because the bushes don't move doesn't mean nothing's in there. And uh, so he told me that over and over to be aware, but don't assume that things aren't happening. And uh, it took me a while to really understand that uh and he he also said especially at night which was kind of creepy in the woods at night uh you know because everything's moving you know there's 
30 sets of eyes looking at you of all different sizes. So, well, And if you're five years old, you still have a legitimate fear of monsters. Probably uh, yeah. So, so he, yeah, there were some, uh, there were some challenges mentally with me, but you know, he, he had this relaxing calmness about him uh, and a surety that everything was going to be okay. But he said, you know, Jimmy, your dreams are like the woods. They're alive. And, and so a dream is when you have one single thought and then it's pictured in your mind. And, and you see it as if it's so. It's very vivid. It's very real. Of course, your subconscious mind, we've learned, doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So dreams become real only if you keep them going. And that's where a lot of people get hung up and get stuck is, okay, I want to make a million dollars, and uh, today is whatever, let's say it's Tuesday. Uh, on Thursday, I don't have a million dollars. What's up with that? It doesn't work. Uh, but dreams don't always work instantly, although I've had some instant success. So even though you may not see the dream coming true, there's things still happening, no different than the animals moving behind the bushes and the trees. They're alive, and they'll show themselves eventually, of course, unless you stop dreaming. And if you do stop dreaming, the dream has died. It's done. So my papa said dreams are energy, and they move, and like water, they seek the path of least resistance. So through the deepest part of your mind, of course, the subconscious mind, which he didn't bring up, um, they hop a ride on the intuitive transportation of your brain. So no different than the, uh, a phone network, global network, uh, the switchboards light up and dreams look for connectivity. They seek all of the parts that make it whole. Dreams search for manifestation. And I, I remember him actually saying the word manifestation. I'm like, what? What? You know, well, that is a pretty big word now, much less at, at five, six, and seven. Uh, he said, well, that's just when it becomes real. That's when it's real. And uh, so he was like this ancient philosopher for me. And uh, dreams travel tirelessly through the subconscious world on the fuel of your relentless intention. Relentless intention. And I, I know uh, back then I was like, you know, I don't get it. I, I, I'm sure that uh, uh, he was doing his best to, to tell me. But I do remember him saying, if you want and expect something to happen, and it's possible, then it will unless you give up on it. And so repetition, uh, I've learned through research and, and you know decades of experience, uh, dreams can match two people together in a seemingly coincidental manner in order to advance both your purpose and their purpose. And dreams collect wants and needs from multiple unlikely sources and... and um, and they cause unexpected interactions. And they can even block dead-end paths, which is a good thing, so that you'll seek a better route. And uh, this is all behind the scenes, no different than animals and insects scurrying behind bushes. 
Just because the bushes don't move don't mean nothing's in there. You know, the, the dead end thing. Everybody's got that story, right? Where you thought it was your biggest disappointment and that was one of the keys that brought you to where you needed to be. Yeah, one door closes, uh, sometimes abruptly and sometimes uh, unexpectedly and sometimes against your initial thoughts, And but it always opens another door. And so, you know, we're, we're constantly evolving. Um, you know, many people think, oh, I, I, I've been enlightened. But, you know, enlightenment's constant evolution, constant change, which is an absolute. And, you know, every day our, our quest is to keep getting better and be a better dad, be a better, better mom, a better in your relationships, be better in your career, be better to yourself, which is probably something we don't always put on the front burner and treating yourself well and treating yourself great. But this shows about dreams come true. So the first question is, what's your dream? What do you want? And what you just said right there is a, a lot more specific than the vague answer I probably would have answered five years ago. What's a dream? It's like, ah, oh, it's that thing. You kind of, you know, it'd be cool to win American Idol someday or something like that. I'm never going to try out, but it'd be cool to win. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's a lot more specific. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, there's a big difference between a wish, a want, and a need. So when you're visualizing something and just visualization, you're just picturing it in your mind. You're having a thought about it. You're giving it positive repetition. Uh, that'll turn that wish uh, from a want uh, to something that you need. And with repetition of thought, unfortunately, this is a double-edged sword, Seth. I mean, it cuts. It'll cut both ways. You can think something negative and uh, give that some repetition. And, uh, well, that negative can be walking right up to your front door, something you don't want. Of course, then you complain about it and become a victim of it and, and a judge about it uh, when actually you were the one that initiated the manifestation. And that's happened to all of us at some point in our lives. But this shows about dreaming positive and, and really seeing something you want. And it's not just dreaming about yourself, but, you know, as parents, you know, yesterday, you know, last week was, uh, uh, you know, Mother's Day. And uh, Father's Day is coming up. And, you know, so there's a lot of parents I know that listen to this show. Sometimes we impose our dreams about what we believe our kids should be doing on our kids. And and that can be a conflict where, you know, uh, I, I did a seminar years ago, decades ago with a family. Everybody in the family is a family of six. It's a father and mother and, and uh, four kids. Dad traveled an inordinate amount of time, so he was kind of part-time dad, if you will, uh, full-time mom. And in that discussion at their table in their dining room, uh, everybody was talking about their dream and what they wanted to manifest. And the daughter goes, I'm going to be an actress. And the dad kind of gave a chuckle, and she turned and snapped and goes, I've been taking acting lessons, Dad. You don't even know that. And I'm like, okay, this is not going to be good. As Dad flashed the look at Mom like, what? I've been paying for acting lessons. So, you know, 
in your family, that's why Vision Night is such a big deal. Once a month, gather around the table, even with the little five-year-olds. You know, I was doing this at five and six, so uh, even though manifestation is a big word for a young kid, uh, it's learned. And what do you want? What's your vision? Even if it's something for tomorrow, that's a vision. Yeah, so the timeline is on you. Uh, you know, today we're going to have some guests that, that had a vision that had long-term consequences, and we'll talk about how dreams came true with them. So I, I'm excited about it, but this show is really about thinking about what you think about. I mean, let's face it. We got free will. You can think anything you want. You can think in the past. Okay. You can replay it all you want. You, you can go into the future and, and start seeing what you want. Or you can be locked into the moment, fully engrossed in the present tense. It's your option. You know, it's our option as human beings. We have free will. But how many of us really have a blueprint of what we want in any one of our particular arenas? And and most of us are doing this at some point about our career. You know, I want to own my own company. You know, I want to be a Fortune 500 company. I want to be the CEO or I want to make X amount of dollars. Uh, but we don't always have the dreams for other parts of our lives. And, and, and those parts were more reactionary, kind of dealing with uh, whatever's thrown on, on uh, the plate. Uh, we're judging others. And uh, we could even be a victim of things that uh, fall on our laps at the last second uh, and act like victims. But the true champion is someone that has a plan, a blueprint, in every facet of the life, all these different arenas, including personal finance, including personal wellness. Uh, and we've talked about that many times on the show, but do you have a master vision, one that kind of puts you to sleep at night and one that wakes you up in the morning? And has it evolved? Has it changed? Or are you just the same? I know coaching someone to number one in the world, which I've done, that vision of number one put them to sleep, woke them up six years in a row. I mean, that's relentless pursuit. And this was a person that was an unlikely number one player because of the talent pool. There were This is a golf uh, player. I I won't even get into uh, everything, but it didn't matter. It only mattered what he thought didn't matter what anybody else thought. So what's your dream? What do you want in your life? And and what's going to tuck you in bed at night? What's going to wake you up in the morning? And um, are you willing to give it the kind of repetition? Because what happens, especially when you do this at night um, and you visualize it, that dream's going to be replayed, you know, 15 to 20 times per times that you actually picture it. You know, seven to 10 days in a row, uh, it puts a little stress on on your system and your subconscious goes, I will make this happen. And, And it will. So it'll start that connectivity, that networking behind the scenes of uh, what we call coincidence or serendipity or synchronicity. And all of us have said that, ah, that's just a coincidence. But deep down we knew, really, was it? Or 
did I manifest this? And um, I just find it fascinating. I, I did when I was five and six. My, my grandfather fascinated me, and we would dream crazy dreams, and he would dream of catching fish, and I always wanted an in-ground swimming pool. I don't, I don't know why, but which was pretty far-fetched uh, in the woods uh, of, of where, where I was raised. But, uh, you know, he always impressed upon me that I need to think about what I think about. And, um, and that was even if I was getting lost, I would picture in my mind that dream of being home. And when I would picture home, I would picture uh, comfort and warmth and uh, tranquility, safety, uh, and I would picture it, and I would every time find my way home. Uh, I would go to a higher ground place uh, mentally, but sometimes even physically, going up on a rock, getting up on a hill so I could see where I've been or where I need to go. Uh, but I've done that throughout my life since then. Sometimes you got to get above the fray, above all the turmoil and chaos that life can bring. And it's pretty peaceful. If you've ever been in an airplane, you're up there 35,000 feet, and you look out the window, it's, it's kind of peaceful, you know? And it's like, wow. And can you go there mentally, kind of get up above the fray and um, look upon your life and, and then make a decision with your free will, I'm going there. And probably the time when you think you don't have time to do it is the time you need to do it the most. When you're talking about that <laughs> I, think, piece. I think you're absolutely <laughs> right. And it, it's interesting. Um, I've given my book to quite a few people, uh, especially uh, in the last couple of weeks. We gave thousands of books down in eastern Kentucky in my hometown of Ashland. And, and I've called people and said, so have, have you read the book? Oh, I'm going to get to it this summer. And, and my thought is, I get that. We're busy. It's a different book. Um, I, I know it's a book that I've written, and I'm not trying to say it's more the most important book in your life. I'm not. But I do know what is the most important thing in your life, and that's your life blueprint because that's you. It's unique to you. It's your psychological fingerprint, if you will, on how you want to manifest living here on this planet. And... Um, so that, that's the point of the book. And um, you don't need to read it, but you do need to have a plan if you really want to manifest a full life, a purposeful, calm life, and really help other people do the same. Uh, I, I've been aware that the greatest people on earth share their experience, their knowledge, openly and freely. I, I've been blessed to have mentors who have done that with me. My grandfather was one of those. Uh, my father, my mother, they shared freely. They told me the, the good and the negative. They, they just didn't sugarcoat, hey, dream it and it'll come. Um, if you have an inor- inordinate high dream, um, number one in the world would be that. Well, you got to think in an abnormal way. That's an abnormal vision. You you got to think in an abnormal way. You can't think like everyone else. You have to think like a number one in the world would think, which is different. Otherwise, you'll be like everyone else. In the high schools that I spoke to, I've spoken to four high schools in the last couple of weeks. Three thousand plus high school students, 
and I, I had them all visualize what they wanted in their life. And, and I, I, as I looked into their faces, um, I knew that that was new for some, that they were kind of winging it, going with the flow. You know, I got to be at school at 8.30. You know, I leave at 3.30. I, I have a job, part-time job. I've got homework. But very few were keeping a particular dream alive. However, I met a few after the my talk who told me about their abnormal dream and how much they thought about it and how much they visualized it. And I knew that it was these people, these individual students that were really going to do something great. And uh, there was a lot of hope and a lot of positivity uh, in the room. But I think most of us, uh, we can have that hope. We, we need some tools, and that's what this show's about is having tools and techniques and tips uh, to give you an edge over whatever you want to do in your life. Um, right now, what do you want? If you were my personal client listening right now, so why am I here? Why are you listening to this podcast? What's the point? What do you want? And what would you sacrifice to get it? Because you may have to sacrifice some time, some effort, hopefully not a lot of cash, but you might. You may have to make an actual financial investment. What would you invest? And I think the toughest investment is commitment. You got to commit. Uh I think that's, uh, well, that is the first definition of uh, self-discipline. That's the major part, the willingness, which you have free will, and commitment to stay with the blueprint with its tasks, well-defined goals that takes you to a vision, or as we're calling it today's show, a dream. Do dreams come true? <laughs> I wouldn't be here talking to you if they didn't come true. They do come true. But you have to put in the effort. This isn't just wishing, blowing out the candles, and where's my million dollars? Life's not like that. So uh, dreams come true, and that's why I'm excited about talking to a few dreamers, how they manifested what they wanted into uh, cold reality. Different kinds of dreams, different approaches, and really this is a different kind of episode because we're hearing from multiple voices. Let's go ahead and get into the interview section here and get the uh, reality of dreams coming true. Dreams come true. I'd like to welcome to the Jim Fannin Show, MLB player Jose Cruz Jr. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Jose, this is Jim. Uh, you have had an awesome career in baseball. Gold Glover. Uh, it's every young little leaguer's dream, at least initially, to have uh, a dream to play in the majors. Not very many people do that. Uh, it's a tough dream to really manifest. And, uh, of course, you had a father that played major league baseball. Maybe that get, give, gave you a little bit of an advantage. Or maybe not. Maybe that was a disadvantage. But the bottom line is uh, – you had to have had a dream about playing in the majors at some point. What's your first cognitive thought about being a major league baseball player or professional? Uh, you know, 
you spoke on a couple of things there, and you're right. The the uh, my growing up was a little bit different uh, than the normal kid. Uh, first off, you know we come from uh, Puerto Rico and small town in Puerto Rico. Uh, English was my second language, and I ended up coming here in the states. And and due to my dad's success at baseball, so I was always around it, and I was always around the uh, people, the the players. And it was never like a, a big deal to me. It was just something, you know, my dad played baseball and I played baseball. And it was just like, yeah, we just play baseball. But uh, I remember uh, I was, I would say good. I wasn't great. I was, t- I was small. And uh, I think uh, once I got to high school is when I really was like, okay, my goal is to be a major leaguer. And I set goals like I want to get drafted out of high school and all that. And I remember putting pictures of the guys that I wanted to be like in my room. At, at the time, it was Sports Illustrated or whatever. And you just cut them out and taped them up uh, up there. And, and I remember looking at them and, and trying to be those guys. And, and it turns out that um, most of my favorite guys were left-handed. And because of that, I think, and that just love of, of, of the guys that I wanted to be like, I, I ended up becoming a switch hitter and started to learn. I started to imitate all my favorite hitters left-handed. And, and uh, so like in a long-winded way, it would be 14 years old, a freshman in the fall of my freshman year, 1988. Do, do you remember now, you know, obviously when you have pictures in your bedroom, you're seeing it when you go to mm-hmm. sleep at night. Um, did you think about it when you went to sleep? Oh, absolutely. That that was the the last thoughts in my head uh, before every night, and and it was the first thoughts in my head when I woke up because that's, that's the first thing I saw. I saw stances. I saw people in action. I saw movements. I mean, it was it was a it was a still shots that you were looking at, but in my mind they were like movies that I was watching. You know, I was imagining a certain player doing a certain play or a certain player hitting a particular shot off the wall or or a home run. So, I mean, that's how, how my brain works. You received a gold glove, which is a very difficult honor to attain. Uh, so many of the times it's a perennial, same guy getting the gold glove over and over again. Uh, and I've seen that. Um, and you became a gold glover, uh, recognized as the best in your position in, in the world. Uh, and I think that's a tough uh, honor to garner. Uh, when did you first think about that? And at what stage was it before it actually manifested? Or did you have oh that vision God. at all? Oh, I absolutely had that vision. Um, as it turns out, uh, all the guys that I that I looked up to, uh, had a gold glove, uh, with, with the exception of my father who probably should have got a gold glove. But like you said, the same guys seem to get it. And at the same time, most of the time in the outfield, as an outfielder, the center fielders are the ones who get it. Not right. really, it's not really per position. It's more just outfield. Everybody's lumped in and usually center field is the best defender. So, um, uh, I, in high school at some point I, I wanted to be, my goal was to be a, a gold glover and to be an all-star and all that. So I, in high school, I mean, I, I would have must've been, I don't know, 14 or 15. So you're, we're talking maybe 15 years later. 
I ended up getting a gold glove. I mean, I thought I, I could have got two gold gloves the, in 01 and 2000. I thought I was definitely worthy of gold glove consideration. Um, I thought, I think, I think in 2000, it was uh, the best statistical outfielders in, in baseball were Andrew Jones and myself. And Andrew Jones got a gold glove and I did not. So I was like, man, I, you know, I was just, I was right there knocking on the door for a few years in the big leagues. And, and then it happened in 2003. It was just it seemed like I was uh, on the top 10 plays defensively every night. I, I think one of the challenges for uh, an athlete that's on a team is, you know, 25 man, men on a roster, 12 are visualizing a world title, 13 are visualizing something else, uh, making more money or their, own, car. Or, or their own personal statistics. Right. Which, which team have you played on that had the majority of the players focused on one dream? Man, that is a, that is a very tough question to uh, to answer. Uh, I don't know if I was on a team like that. I think we had some. And baseball is kind of funny like that. Baseball is there's a lot of individuals playing uh, together. You know, there's just there's individuals. You're judged individually. Uh, I think um, I had a few teams where where we had the core group was focused on the right things. Um, other, other times just, you know, just didn't work out other times, just like you mentioned, there's a split, uh, in, in the team. I mean, other times I played on teams where, where guys were just worried about being on the team, you know, and that was kind of the, the, the thing just to stay on the team because it was up and down and everybody's young or there's a prospect coming or there's trade. And I was involved in a few of the trades. So it's, uh, it, it becomes it, as a major league baseball player, it becomes really tough. Yeah, uh, for the whole team to be pulling mentally in the same direction. All right, I want to change subjects. I want to talk about your favorite subject, your kids. Yeah, yeah, you know. Okay. <laughs> well, it, it, that's Our a tough challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge because you know you know your kids, you know their potential, you know their work ethic. They're all different. You know how's that possible? You got three kids, and they're all different. Uh, same mom, but they're all different. Uh, same dad, they're all different. Uh, but, you know, we briefly discussed about the difficulty of putting your dreams on your kids, and yet your kids don't take that and run with it. Uh, and there can be a conflict. And um, how? talk to me a little bit about uh, dreams, seeing your kids successful, and maybe even the frustration where they don't see what you see. Tell me about that. Oh, man, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, th- th- I think as a, as a father, uh, you see right away. I was told this before. They're like, you see right away your athlete. You know exactly who your athlete is uh, when he's born. It doesn't take long. You know, a year and a half, and you, you know who the athlete is, right? So. Uh, I have three kids, two boys and a girl, and they're, they're all three are absolutely different. Uh, one, I have to tone down uh, because he's way too intense. The other one, I have to kick in the butt a little bit so he can get, you know, more intense up or get it, go get more into it uh, or more focused. And then the other, the, the girl is just kind of a blend of the, of both. 
she sometimes needs to get toned down. Sometimes she needs to kick in the butt. She's kind of like a, a blend. All kids are very uh, coordinated. Uh, they all have their, their, their skill set. Uh, they're not lacking talent. Uh, so it becomes a little bit different of, of, a, of a dance. But um, I, was reading, I was reading the old Jim Fannin blueprint here. And one of the things that stuck out to me that, that I've been doing, and it was kind of like a nice reminder, is basically I've been trying to really get these kids to get it into their subconscious that they're good believe that they're good, believe that they could win. You know, you kind of, you're never, I'm never wavering on it. It's more like, here's how it goes. Here's how you need to be. Here's how good you can be. You have all this talent. You can do it. And it's just a lot of resistance because it's really easy. It's really easy to believe that you're bad, but it's really hard to believe that you're, you have the potential to be amazing. I know Sarah, your awesome wife, happy belated Mother's Day to her, but. Thank you. When you were single, did you have an image of the woman, uh, the significant other in mind? And was that dream manifested? How, how did that happen? Um, you know, it, this one, this kind of happened uh, just out of nowhere. I, I think I was, I was open to the idea of having a partner and I was open to, you know, being with a, with a humble, just you know, type salt of the earth type of woman, athletic, or, you know, was, it was something that I really liked about a, about a woman, uh, you know, sense of humor type thing. That's, that's kind of what I wanted. And I was open to that. And all of a sudden, you know, she came, it wasn't like I was prepared and planned for it. But she came nonetheless, you know, and we were a match right away. I, I could tell you that that I knew or in, in my head, in my you know, head, I'm like, I'm going to have a boy first and I'm going to name him Trey. And sure enough, uh, I had a boy. I had a I had a dream uh, that the third one was going to be my third child was going to be a girl. And I was right. And I had a. I, I knew that she was going to have a certain type of eyes and she did uh, beforehand. That was, that was about, that was about as much pronosticating as I was able to do. Uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. And so now going forward and you don't have to answer this uh, except with a yes or no. It's 60 months from now, right now, 60 months from now, and you're celebrating the greatest life possible. Have you gone that far with your blueprint to see around corners, to see into the future, and to keep dreaming about something else? Do you have that in your mind? Again, you don't have to reveal it. Is it that clear? Um, or is it something you're working uh, on? Um, there, are, there are a couple of possibilities that I have thought about, yes, ahead of time in my personal uh, side. As far as my, my kids go, uh, yes. Uh, I have thought about where, they're, where they should be in the next five years, uh, where I think they would be and what, I, what we are working for. But in many ways, it's like what I'm working for with them because 
uh, you talk about the blueprint, right? But in, in many ways, it's like I am doing the blueprint and putting my kids in it and, and then just kind of uh, caddying them along in the direction that I think they should go. I mean, I don't know if that's super selfish right now, but I just think that sometimes the kids don't know exactly what's going on, especially with, with all the distractions they have today. Yeah, I, I think that I think that, that's one of the things that we need to do as a society. We need to parent uh, a little more aggressively. Uh, the peer group, because of social media, is so predominant uh, in your son or daughter's life. I mean, they, they can decide what to wear, what to sing, what what to follow. Uh, and even follow the wrong path. But listen, I, Jose, yeah. thank you so much for being on the Jam Fanon Show. I appreciate it. I appreciate your insights. And, man, thanks for sharing uh, what your dreams were. And they have come true. And uh, we're all pulling for your kids for their dreams to come true. <laughs> I appreciate it. And then my kids are like, you don't know Jim Fanon. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is great, man. Hopefully we'll do it again. We'll see how uh, this keeps going. It's always, you know, it's nonstop, man. It was definitely an honor uh, being able to coach Jose Cruz Jr. Uh, through his baseball career and definitely through the transition uh, of his post-career. And what an amazing family, uh, Sarah and Jose, raising three kids. And uh, it's really great to hear his, uh, his insight on parenting. I, I thought that was uh, uh, pretty profound what he's doing, and I wish him all the best. So, again, thank you, uh, Jose, for sharing your dreams. We've got uh, another Major League Baseball player, uh, retired, all-star catcher John Buck. Uh who left his career early uh, to be with his family, which, do I respect that. I, I think most people would have fought that and uh, hung on longer, and uh, uh, John's got some young kids, so he opted to uh, be there during their formative years, and uh, I, I have so much respect for John. So uh, let's welcome John Buck. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. You are live. How are you? Well, I'll just jump right in and I'm awesome. How are you? <laughs> John, this show's about dreams come true. And uh, we, we just hung up with Jose Cruz Jr. talking about his career, uh -huh. talking about family. Um, and and I, I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, I think there's a lot of people in the world that uh, do have some dreams, but they don't stay with them. Uh, they let them die on the vine, if you will. Take us back to when you were uh, a junior young athlete, your first cognitive dream of being a major league baseball player. Tell me about that dream that you had. Um, I think like every child I had a dream, but when I really I got called out on it, right, it was my dad. We were was in a baseball tournament. Um, in Iowa, and we were going across I seventy, and uh, off to my right, as we're driving through, was Kansas City Ballpark, and uh, I was like, "I'm going to play there someday." My dad said, "Prove it!" Wow! I can put it. I'm like, all right, all right. 
I will. And he goes, no, prove it. What are you going to do about it today? He was like, and, and at the time I was kind of, my uncle played for Nebraska, University of Nebraska. And, uh, he, they were the first school that kind of had a psychology program. And I was, he'd given me these tapes that the team had given him at, at that time. And it was, you know, it was when visualization and all the stuff that you've really put some structure to with me uh, over the years that you and I worked, Jim. Uh, and back then I, I naively did it, but my dad called me out on that. And I remember him calling me out on that. And then that, that trip thinking about having at bats at Kauffman stadium and, yeah. and thinking that off of that drive. And that was always that thing that it put a picture, it put the real grass that put the fountains, and stuff in my vision where it created it more real. And that's kind of something I, um, I guess it was naively. I, I played it over and over in my head, but it got to the point where I really believed I was going to play there. And kind of the, the world was is that that dream actually came true. And I had my first at bat in an I 70 series in that very stadium. Wow. Now were you drafted by Kansas city? No, I was not. I was actually drafted by the Houston Astros um, and uh, was traded for Carlos Beltran uh, in in that big deal when he went to Houston. I was kind of that young prospect and uh, was catching in AAA. It had actually been called up but broke my wrist the year before in Houston. So I, the day that I kind of got called up, I got called up, told him, from the Futures game, you're going to go right to Kansas City. We're telling this before this game so that you can plan literally that game falling short into uh, Lance Necro at first. Big fella, as, as Phil Necro's son. But he's, a, he's a big boy. I ran into him and broke my navicular bone. So I wasn't able to get called up that year. The following years, when I was traded for Beltron and, and went to Kansas City. When, when you made Dreams your were, first... Things were made. When you, when you had your first at bat, professionally mm-hmm. in Kauffman stadium. What was that like? Um, well, the first pitch, I, you know, Sweeney and Graffin, you know, stairs, they're, they're kind of the veterans when I was there and, and they're like, look, you just got to be hunting fastball. They're going to give you fastball first two or three pitches. So first pitch, I was like, all right, I'm swinging. And I go to swing at that first pit. My body didn't move. That ball went by, and it was an awesome pitch. It was a very hittable pitch, but my body could not move. It was just and frozen. The next pitch, yeah, frozen. That just I, everything in me told me to swing, but my body was just like, no, nope, we're just gonna watch this one go by. <laughs> but uh, got the next pitch, Wainwright, that heavy sinker down and inside, and pull. Or did I turn on it? I crushed it down the line. Even started to round the bag a little bit, but lo and behold, greatest third base. Uh, from his knees, I, of course, got to correct myself, get back in the baseline, mind you. And he throws me out from his knees, and I was just kind of like, well, how about that? I go in the dugout, and Tony Pena asked me, he was my manager at the time, well, where are you going? I was like, what do you mean where I'm going? I was a double yesterday in AAA. You didn't have those freaks like that down at third base stealing hits. That was a knock. So I was running <laughs> in the bag. So everybody kind of gave me some crap on. But yeah, that was my first at bat. It was the best out I've ever made. Yeah, I felt happier than ever to make an out right and, there. And that's when, that's when that's when 
Yeah, that's when your dream literally was manifest. Correct. So, so John, dreams come true. You've retired from baseball. Uh, you're a businessman. You're a dad. Yes. You're a significant other. Tell me about a new dream. And let's talk business. I, what, I do you, what do you envision? Dream. I envision a baseball academy or a, a multiple sports academy uh, teaching sports on how to be more than the, a baseball player, a football player. And actually, the more you become a more rounded human being, that, that actually gravitates your game of whatever arena you're in to the next level. Like that needs to be the way sports are taught nowadays rather than the current way we're doing it. And I believe opening a, a, an academy that can stay focused on that from its conception, I feel like that's my dream is that that'll set sports to a higher level, more intense level, but a healthier level with your brain. Do, do you that's have a timeline? I, I do. Tell me. In fact, I, uh, my timeline for opening, depending on cities, uh, you know, whether the city or whatnot does on some land and some things that, that there is room for cushion there. But uh, this time next year, I'll be opening doors. So now you've had a dream. You retired from baseball. You moved permanently, which you've always lived in Salt Lake City. But, you know, you're there. And then Our you had a dream. Here, yeah. You had a dream of uh, of manifesting this uh, facility, and now you're seeing it happen. How often do you think about this? Well, it wakes, it wakes me up in the morning. It carries me out through the day, and I go to sleep with it. It's it's it's. I would say as much as baseball drove me, and and, and my kids drive me, this is right there with it. It's it's a deep rooted passion because it, it, the world needs it. So it it, it I, it's safe to say it consumes me. <laughs> John, I, I got to tell you something. You you're um you're more than a dreamer. Uh, you're a dreamer that literally puts a blueprint and action plan to it. You did that in your baseball career. Uh, you're doing that now in your after post. Uh, career, baseball career. I have zero doubts uh, that this facility will be real. I have zero doubts about you that it's going to be filled with other kids that you're going to help their dreams come true. And you're just going to keep passing on, uh, showing them how to make that manifest into whatever they want, whatever they want it to be. Um, do you have any uh, last thoughts Um Regarding the subject, dreams come true. I think the special recipe in it, and mind you, I'm the business owner that's dyslexic. I'm the business owner that had trouble reading at a young age, and I think having this, you know, a chip on my shoulder of used to be a baseball, you didn't have the power, you didn't have this, is I have this thing, that burning desire to prove people wrong. I'm super smart. And I and and I put in the work to be super smart to prove them wrong, and it's the the secret is stick to itiveness. I think it's a word that you always that I grabbed onto is 
if you're willing to stick through it with other people won't, that's when you get the results. If you want abnormal things, you do abnormal stuff to get it. And I've just always felt that's been the, the recipe that I've had that I realized that other people won't see it. They, they, they don't know you. See it through. They don't know you. They definitely don't know me. John, and, and I, I I'm make it happen. John, I thanks for being on the thanks for being back on the Jim Fannin show. We want <laughs> you to be a regular on the show and and uh, hopefully you'll keep coming back and sharing your insights and uh I'm looking forward to you manifesting this amazing facility uh that definitely Utah needs and uh, probably the rest of the country needs. So all my best to you, and I will see you soon. Thank you so much, I man, for being wait. on the show. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Wow, they don't know him. Uh, that's uh, right into the theme that we've had uh, uh, with all the kids back in uh, eastern Kentucky. That's uh, the the great John Buck, all-star and uh, business owner and going to manifest a dream for all the youth in Utah. Pretty, pretty exciting. When he said, uh, you know, this is the burning passion that wakes me up in the morning and puts me to bed at night. I, I could see the facility at that point. Oh yeah. Can you see it? <laughs> and, and it paralleled uh, exactly uh, what Jose Cruz said. It woke me up in the morning and put me to bed at night. Dreams come true. And that dream was just contagious right there. Yeah, that was <laughs> contagious. Yeah. I, I, I can see this uh, facility now. It's, it's, it's exciting. We're going to go ahead and actually switch arenas here and go into the baseball or go into the uh, business arena here. Yeah, we've, we've got a, another guest. And again, this shows about dreams come true, but I wanted to have a few people with uh, some varied backgrounds. So we're going to switch from a professional athlete um, to a businessman, uh, Rob Wilson, uh, the CEO uh, and, uh, owner of Employco USA. It's a human resource company, full service human resource. And this company that he leads, uh, very successful, but even more importantly, he's helped small to medium sized businesses also become successful, uh, providing all their uh, HR needs, no matter from payroll to health insurance to uh, seminars on all kinds of HR uh, needs that are happening in the world today. So let's welcome uh, Rob Wilson of Employco USA. Rob Wilson, welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. Uh, you've been a, a guest, uh, and we're looking forward to you being a uh, continued guest. But today's show is about dreams come true. And we've had a couple of guests that have shared their dreams before they were actually manifest. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Employco USA. Uh, if my recollection is accurate, this is a company that was started by your father. And at what point did you take this upon yourself to either reinvent the company or make it your own vision, your own dream. I know your brother's a partner with you in Employco USA. Uh, tell me about that cognitive moment when you had a new vision for what this company could be. 
Sure. So actually, my father started an insurance agency back uh, 39 years ago. And then uh, my father, my brother and I, we started Employco together uh, 20, uh, 22 years ago. So really, it was at that point, the three of us sat down and said, you know, there's a great opportunity outsourced HR. There's a really a, uh, a gap in the market for that. And so we, the three of us sat down and said, let's, uh, you know, we, we've got a vision for something that we can, uh, we can create. And, uh, so we, we did, we started the company from, uh, from scratch with the belief that, uh, there was a need for what we could do, what we could do for, uh, for small to medium sized businesses throughout the country. And like a lot of dreams that start to manifest, um, at what stage did you elevate, leverage, increase really what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do it? Uh, was there a next level and when did that occur? Sure. There was, uh, during the course of time, there's been various levels from a startup. You know, we were a true startup in 1996. We did, uh, uh, we did five thousand dollars of of sales, and uh, in uh, my goal in in twenty eighteen is to uh, to be at four hundred million. So there's been different cliffs, but uh, wait, wait, hold, hold, hold up, hold on. I want to put. <laughs> wait a minute. So you went from five thousand vision to how many million? Uh, our our goal our goal this year is to finish uh, eighteen with uh, four hundred million. So that's that is a major uh, paradigm shift and and what you can do. So tell me tell me about that this process of going from a startup, you get to some success, and then you catapult it to a, a next level in your mind. When did that occur? Sure. You know, as a startup, it was, you know, your typical startup for the first few years and you grow and you know, it was pretty easy to, you know, when you started 5,000, you know, you're doubling, you're tripling, but, uh, and the business is growing. We went through a couple of different recessions. Uh, we, you know, we went through kind of the, uh, the nine 11 period. And then again in 2009, but, uh, so we had steady growth, but really, uh, between 2014 and 2016, we doubled the business. So we had a significant growth period between 14 and 16. And then we, you know, we, and we did it all with our internal team. So we spent 2017, uh, adding to staff, uh, making sure that as we, you know, our goal is to be a billion dollar company. And so we spent a, much of 2017 building that infrastructure so that we, you know, so we could achieve our 2020 goal and our 2024 goal. So, uh, so 17, we had some growth, but uh, again, 2018, we're exploding. We've got aggressive growth plans. And uh, so it, uh, it's a fantastic time, uh, time here at Employco. You know, that that's a daunting number, 1 billion from 5,000. That, that is a paradigm leap, if you will. How often do you think about 1 billion? And is that shared uh, consistently uh, with your brother, partner? And is that shared with your team, your privately held company? Uh, tell me about 1 billion. Dollar sign, 1, capital B. How often do you see that? I, I see it every day, every night, every uh, every day. I think of one billion. Uh, if you were to, to ask uh, anybody that works uh, and part uh, within the Employco team, if you ask them what is the company's goal, everybody here would say it, it's one billion dollars. 
So everybody is dialed in. Uh, we have uh, our goal this year was to just for 18 was uh, initially when I we did strategic planning, the uh, our, our goal was 50 million dollars of of sales this year, and uh, said you know we need to stretch it because 50 is too small. Uh, so we uh, we increased our goal this year for 18 to uh, to 100 million dollars, and we're uh, so far we're uh, you know April 1st or May 1st we were 50 percent there already. Uh, that that is impressive. Now you know when you say a billion, you know you're talking about numbers, um, but I I do know your company, and I know that when you see a billion. Uh, you're also seeing all your clients reaching their vision and their goals. Tell me a little bit about that, because it's not just about Employco making a billion dollars. It's so much more than that. Uh, And I know a a little bit about your process. Talk to me about their goals, their vision, their dreams. Sure. Our our goal we're HR solutions for businesses. So our our you know we we do have revenue goals, but our goal is to to make an impact on our clients and help our clients achieve their goals by help helping them outsource their HR in two ways. Either one outsourcing to us, and in some cases we're building out HR departments right at, at clients' offices. So making helping them make their HR operations more strategic has then uh, uh, you know we're our goal is to help our clients and and be part of uh, helping them achieve their goals. So if we do our job with our clients, we'll achieve our goals as well at the same time. When, when you ask a, a business client what their vision, what their goals are, do you always get a succinct answer? Do you always get a definitive, uh, we're going to be a billion in five years or whatever? Or do sometimes you get a deer in the headlights? Uh, is it unclear what they want? What, what's what's your experience uh, when you onboard a client and you ask that question? So, what do you want? You know, it and it's uh, and that's the fantastic thing about uh, what we do is I have clients that are are two person firms, and then we have some clients that are twenty five hundred employees. So it really varies. There, everyone has the a similar vision of I want to grow my business. Uh, but some are much more detailed on their on their growth plans or or what their mission statements are. So that's the and that's on your smaller companies. That's what we help them with is how can we help make HR more strategic? How can we help you, if, you know, go through your strategic planning process and and what are your goals and how can we help impact those? Yeah, if they don't if they don't know where they want to go, it's pretty hard to assess what their HR needs are going to be. Um, have you ever had a company uh, that you've onboarded? They look at you and go, "Wow, we're we don't have anything definitive." Is that has that happened? Yeah, uh, it happens all the time. Where they say, you know, uh, that's a, that's amazing, isn't it? That when you think about well, it, yeah, and you know, it's a small business. Whether it's a restaurant that says, "Hey, you know, I, I my goal is to open up another location someday," or my goal is to my goal is to just great customer service. I want to, I want to, you know, uh, 
create a fantastic dining experience for for uh, uh, my customers. So it really varies by uh, by the size and the type of business. But then, but that's the fun part about what we do is that every business is different, and that's where we you know we can bring our expertise of working with several hundred different types, different customers, and and tailor make that uh, that HR experience for uh, for each business. I want to change subjects. I, I want to go to one of your, if not your most favorite subject, your children. Uh, we had a brief conversation uh, earlier before you got on the air about how imposing your dreams on your kids is a positive thing and guiding them because you know their talent. Uh, but sometimes you can impose your dreams a little too much and it's not really their dream. Uh, you got three kids. They're all different. Uh, uh, they're uh, uh, they're still in their uh, young adult years. Three boys. Tell me about dreams come true regarding them. You know, it's it, uh, it's a fun time of uh, of life for them. I've got uh, three boys, two in college and one in high school, and. Uh, you know, as you as you raise uh, your kids, you want the best for your kids, and you want uh, really a, a uh, whatever they want to do uh, in their life. You just want them to be able to achieve the goal, their goals and dreams, whether it's playing golf, or whether it's starting a business, whether it's uh, you know uh, joining me in business. So it uh, uh, and having just want to give them a great foundation so that they you know as they look at what their dreams are, uh, you know they can achieve them. Going back to business, um, I, I know you have a dream, and you've mentioned that, but you also have daily visions and weekly visions and monthly and quarterly visions that pretty much act like bridges, if you will, or stepping stones to a billion dollars. How's this visualization worked out for you? Are there any coincidences that would seem like coincidence, but in reality, uh, behind the scenes that your vision actually manifested something, uh, a big deal. Tell me about how your visions on a small daily level have turned into reality. Sure. The, the visualization and something that uh, from reading your books and, and speaking to you over, over time, it you know, never have a meeting that I haven't had before. Uh, helping craft the vision and really the visualizing, uh, whether it's new business or uh, marketing opportunities, whatever it is, uh, visualize it. Uh, your golf game to your customer outings, so visualize it ahead of time. And uh, the positive thinking makes such a uh, such a big impact on uh, on our business. So conscious visualization is a part of uh, your life. I, you know, it's almost second nature now. I, you, know, you do it so much that you it's, you almost take it for granted, and it has the impact. Uh, the p- impact has been amazing. Uh, has has this uh, increased cognitive synchronized visualization? Has it saved you time? Sure, it saves you time. I think it saves you time. I think it also makes you more laser focused. Yeah. Well, Rob, I, thanks for being on the show. I, I wanted your input. I know your business is very successful. It's definitely needed right now. Uh, I mean, goodness gracious, uh, if you're a business owner right now listening 
and you do not have a well-oiled uh, HR department. And if you're definitely a startup, uh, you can definitely plug into EmployCo and let them be your HR department. So, so Rob, how, how does a small business or medium-sized business, how do they get a hold of you? Sure. The easiest, uh, and I respond to all my, my emails myself personally, it's uh, Rob Wilson at EmployCo, E-M-P-L-O-Y-C-O dot com. Hey, Rob, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you sharing your dreams and uh, keep visualizing. I, I I can see one billion manifesting. I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, it, it's great being in the zone. Thanks. Yes, it is. Thank you. You know, th- this is a this is a guy that um, really visualizes all the arenas in his life, and um, and he shared that openly with his team. Uh, and if you are a company out there that, that's looking for a first class company, uh, I know Rob can help you. It's not every time that we get the uh, CEO's email, uh, so uh, so if you want to go right to the top, you know this is the guy to go to. You don't need to go to the website, although you can go to check out their website. Uh, but you've got an email right to the CEO. Seth, this show is all about dreams come true when you wish upon a star you know dreams um as we heard from jose cruz jr john buck rob wilson and and that list goes on and on uh with the clients that i have uh a dream that you have with repetition it's um it can delay a walk across the street just enough to meet a person that leads you closer to a dream fruition. Uh, it can sew strangers' thoughts together to weave a finished quilt of your own reality. So like a puppeteer pulling the strings behind the scenes, I mean, dreams can bring your thoughts really to life. The key here is repetition repetition, repetition. You know, my grandfather said, like a magnet, dreams attract the needed parts for the finished product. That's what dreams do. They search, they hunt, they repel, they attract, they connect, they disconnect, and it's all for your benefit. Pretty pretty amazing. Uh, my uh, philosopher, uh, Papa. Uh, I don't know how he knew this, but he always knew that, uh, you know, you need to keep dreams alive. But however, unfortunately, dreams can die uh, at the first thought of despair or frustration or impatience, exasperation or aggravation. They can flicker, Seth. They can diminish and you see it not happening. and that dream will instantly start to wither. I mean, in real time, wither. And slowly, surely, it will dissipate and be no more. So right now, to everyone listening, what do you want? What's your dream? Have you had a dream and then you put it down and it's gathered some dust or maybe it's dissipated? Maybe it start to wither on the vine? Um, do you need to pick a dream up or do you need to 
create a new dream. I mean, there's no rules here. Uh, you know, what success is, is totally up to you. It's not having a billion dollar company and it's not playing in the major leagues. It's what you think success is. And I've had many visions throughout my life. I've probably reinvented myself many times during my lifetime. But that reinvention and that going to whatever that next level was or is, it really depends on what you think. I think the first thing we need to do is be aware of your thoughts. Are they really dreams that can be manifest? Or are they things that, oh, my goodness, I don't want that manifested. I can't believe I'm even thinking about it. You know, I'm thinking about what's going to go wrong or I don't want to go to work or, oh, man, I don't want all these bills. Think about what you think about. This is real. This is not something in a book. This is not something on Walt Disney when you wish upon a star. This is real life. And and that's why we wanted real life people to be on the show to share their dreams. And they, they were no different than you, different circumstances, different conditions, maybe different talent levels. But what do you really want? Uh, you want to write a book? Well, to manifest it, that book and seeing people not only reading your book, but enjoying your book, garnering uh, positive things from whatever you write, that vision's got to wake you up in the morning and put you to bed at night. And all three guests had that same thing with no prompting. There was no pre-show, hey, here's what I want you all to say. But the common denominator in all three of our guests today is that vision was real, very succinct. They all had a timeline, and uh, they thought about it an inordinate amount of time. And um, I, I don't know if you call it obsessed or OCD about it, uh, but if you have an abnormal dream, and I think uh, maybe Jose Cruz said that, uh, or John Buck, or maybe it was Rob, maybe all three, if you have an abnormal dream, you have to think in an abnormal way. You can't be like everybody else. And if you're a parent, help your kids shape their visions, their dreams. And I, I'm telling you, if you're not going to do it, the peer group is going to step in and fill that void. There's no question. And I don't think that's a good thing. I, I really don't. Uh, being a father of two daughters, um, one whose dream has been manifested, now a mom, full-time job, a career in nursing, and one that is manifesting her dream. And she has visions and goals and timelines. Support your kids' dreams. Uh, and if they're little, it's okay. They'll change, you know, no, no matter what their dream might be. Uh, but I think a dream does wake you up with some purpose. A dream gives you that intention and you keep sending it out, it's going to find its way back into your reality. Uh, coincidence? Serendipity? Synchronization? Oh, I believe it's real. I see it every day. Seth, every single day. Um, you know, I've had visions where 36 hours later, I get a call out of the blue or... 
there's some coincidence that just pops up. And I know, just like my grandfather said, just because the bushes don't move don't mean nothing's in there. It's connecting, disconnecting, sending you down different paths, meeting different people. And I, I think once you have this plan and once you see it as if it's so, as it will be in completed state, you know, now you can just relax and be. Yeah, you need to have your daily goals and your daily, uh, weekly goals, monthly goals. But I really believe that you can manifest an amazing life by thinking 30 or 40% less. But don't forget, nothing great happens without a blueprint. And your dreams help start that blueprint so that it can be framed in your mind and that your present tense living can eventually fulfill it and turn it into reality. You know, if I can just add, I'm a person that came in and got a blueprint because I did the show. <laughs> and, and then my life changed over the last, uh, you know, 40 something episodes. But what I had, and I think that maybe if you just started listening to the show or you've been kind of checking it out, maybe you have a little bit of a fuzzy blueprint uh, and you really can't focus on a dream if it's just sort of like an out of focus photograph. Like you got to know, you got to know where you're. And you have free will. There's no rules here. You can think anything. You can think big. You can think small. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but this applies not just to business. See, we're more prone to do it for business. We don't always do it with our significant other. Oh, we did have that vision before we got married. We see one plus one equal three and the house on the hill and the family and all that. We see that, you know, 10 years in, 20 years in. Do we still have that shared vision? That's the dream of how you want to live the rest of your life with your significant other. And I would say if that's fuzzy, go sharpen it. Go sharpen it for yourself. One of one of the two of you need to get started on this and put your hand out and say, come with me. Here's what I see. What do you see? Uh, also with your children. Also with your wellness. Also see this dream for your own positive personal net worth, your finances. So many times we see what we don't want, bills, uh, stock market not in our favor. Yeah, it's going up, but my stocks didn't go up. Oh, okay. And then we start feeling like a victim of selecting the wrong stock. Maybe we judge our stockbroker or our advisor. Um, I think it's time to take control of your life in the first way you do that, control what you think. That's where we have the advantage. And uh, that's where the listeners, the Zoniacs on the Jim Fannin show, well, we definitely have an advantage. And if this show has helped you, share it. Share it with other people. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Uh, Ask them that question. It's 60 months from now. What have you manifest? Ask that of your significant other. Ask that of your kids. Have that vision night where you talk about this once a month. You know, turn the lights out, put on some candles, hold hands, kumbaya family, one plus one plus however many in your family should equal a lot more than the individuals. And have a family vision, a dream. And it could be something as simple as, that family vacation that you see everything being copacetic. 
Will that be easy? <laughs> Probably not, but uh, it's worth visualizing, definitely. Visualization works for one reason. Your subconscious mind, which does work behind the scenes 24-7, it's open like Denny's, it's always open. Your subconscious mind, which controls all your bodily functions, breathing, manufacturing blood in the bone marrow, with, luckily without our conscious knowledge, it does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. Visualization, that's why it works. It's the only reason it works. And here's the other thing. Whether you believe in visualization, whether you believe in dreams come true, you're visualizing every day anyway. Everyone does, no matter who you are. Every thought you have is attached to an image. So if you're hungry, uh, well, you may see some fried chicken on the screen of space in your mind. That's visualization. And um, 2,000 thoughts, 2,000 images, 2,000 scenarios in your mind every single day. And our premise here on the Jim Fannin Show, synchronize those and only think about what you want as opposed to what you don't want. And, of course, when you're synced up, you enter a state called the zone. Oh, the purposeful calm. I mean, that that's the only place to be, really. Uh, that That's when you're disciplined, you're focused, you're confident, uh, you're calm, you're cool, you're loving what you do, got a lot of passion. When you get into a zone, Seth, it's a real phenomenon. It's not just for superstar athletes or top salespeople or business people. I mean, this is for anyone. I believe you can live in, on, or around, or near the zone all the time. And I know I've dedicated my life to that. Uh, uh, no negative days since November 5th, 1965. And so I've had these consecutive zone days. Why not you? Why, why not everyone? Uh, so the zone is uh, its a great place to be. And there's some amazing things that can happen when you're in this mindset. Like the Boston Celtics. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Like the Bo- Now, let's talk about the Boston Celtics. This is a team that lost two superstars to injury. They lost their point guard, uh, the brains, if you will, the on-court coach in Kyrie Irving. Uh, that's a devastating loss to any NBA team, any college team, to lose your starting all-star, superstar, possible Hall of Fame point guard. Um, and here they are. They absolutely, first game, I, I only want to talk about the first game. It's a long series. They're playing the Cle- uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. A lot of people believe the Celtics have no chance. Uh, they started the first game of that series with a 36-point to 18 uh, kind of a blind shot, if you will, right up across the head of the Cleveland Cavaliers, 36 to 18. At halftime, the score was 61 to 35. I don't remember an NBA team that only scored 35 points and a half. That's shocking, especially with a 24-second clock. How is that possible? And two things happen, and this is all under Brad Stevens who may not get coach of the year. Uh, However, 
pretty amazing. This guy has a process. He has a plan. He has a blueprint. And it's all designed to make a dream come true, to put another banner inside uh, inside where the Celtics play on that parquet hardwood. And uh, they have executed as a team to a person. I mean, they're averaging double figures, five, six guys every night. Uh, but they're on both sides of the ball. Uh, Marcus Morris shut down LeBron James. How do you do that? Is that going to happen for the rest of uh, the series? Doubtful. Uh, maybe, arguably, the greatest basketball that's ever put on basketball shoes. Uh, although I'm still a Michael Jordan fan. But in any event, uh, the greatest of our time right now, there's no doubt about that. LeBron is LeBron. Made a charge in the third quarter in that first game, uh, but uh, faltered there to the end. They took LeBron out early. Uh, Long series, but Celtics, that was a zone performance. And you've said before that, you know, the teams that are really in the zone – are the teams that see not the individual stats, not their individual name on ESPN or their highlight, they see a win. And I I personally have not been in the Celtics locker room, but I've got to say that I'm pretty sure that's what's going on for them to be defined the odds like this. I, I, it, it really is. And that's when everybody on any team, uh, especially a corporate team, uh, if you're part of a company, run a company or a part of a company, Every single person on that team needs to know what's my responsibility. What is my accountability? What am I going to be held accountable to do? And what's my authority to do or not do? Those three things make up the uh, legs of a stool of empowerment where you can get up and step up to a greater height. But every person on your team needs to have well-defined responsibility, accountability, and authority. And when that's put together in one collective unit with everyone pulling for one dream, world championship, uh, X amount of market share, a uh, billion dollars in sales, which we've already heard about, and that that's a team that's all uh, bonded together uh, with Employco, with Rob Wilson, his team, and, um, that's that's a fun place to go to work, and I, I know it's fun to be a Celtic right now. We'll see. Uh, you know, got a, a few games under the belt, and uh, it's a long series, and uh, and then there's of course the finals on the other side. But right now, uh, I, I'm just going on game one, Boston Celtics. What a zone performance that was! I think there, there's always a lot of different kinds of performers in the zone, but I think we got to hit two more here. Uh, one in baseball and one in entertainment. Freddie Peralta on Mother's Day, uh, his family was actually coming in from the Dominican Republic to see him like pitch, you know, as a professional for the first time. Only he got called up. So he moved from AAA uh, to uh, fill in at the Milwaukee Brewers for uh, Chase Anderson, who'd fallen ill and threw 13 strikeouts in front of his family who had been able to make that long trip in to see him play. Well, the cool thing, well, first of all, that's an amazing feat uh, to have 13 Ks and uh, in a debut, and especially in front of mom. Yeah, fifth <laughs> and, player and, ever to have 13 strikeouts in his very first game. Uh, 
Yeah, that that's an impressive stat. I, I think the thing I'd love to talk to to him to find out what his dream was getting to the bigs. I think the other thing that may have helped him, he got a surprise. I'm a triple A and the next thing you know, I, I'm here I am. And all of a sudden the dream is manifested with a little time to think about it. I think that helps a lot of performers. Less is more. Uh, but wow, what a zone performance performance kudos to Peralta and you might have noticed that there was a movie that did pretty well at the box office and it hasn't been in the zone yet and the reason for that is because back when Black Panther opened Black Panther was in the zone as the number one movie in America and then it was in the zone at a half a billion dollars and it was in the zone at 1.3 billion dollars so I I thought we'd just let uh in Avengers Infinity War breathe for a moment it became the fifth biggest movie ever this weekend well, I, I've seen the movie. I'm not going to give you my take on the movie, uh, but if you want action, it's got plenty of action. Uh, there's uh, ups and downs throughout the movie, which the Avengers movies always have. And uh, yeah, I think you need to check it out. Obviously, a lot of humans have checked it out. And when we talk about dreams come true, you know, more than 10 years ago, somebody said, we're going to make 18 movies in a row, and they're like all going to fit together. <laughs> And I think that not just studio executives, but probably most of us at home would have said, can you really pull that off 18 good movies in 10 years and make them like all fit together into a big movie? Uh, and you, when you talk about if you want to go where other people haven't gone, you, you got to think like other people aren't thinking, right? Nobody has tried something like this until now in entertainment history. Uh, it's pretty daunting. Uh, I, I, they're also coming out uh, with the first uh, Asian superstar that's brand new am i accurate there is that ring a bell uh it i can't think of what it is right now but yeah the that world just kind of keeps expanding which is very cool it does there's uh more and more uh, superheroes i think the most important thing is if you're listening i think you need to become a superhero or superheroine uh there's no rules here um yeah these are uh three things that are in the zone and there's many, many more zone stories. There's a lot of rags to riches. There's a lot of people that have fell on hard times and flipped it around, flipped the script and made it possible. But why not you? Why not you? I, I think that's what I'd like everyone to leave with. Yeah, what, what about me? And one of the themes we had last week, we touched on it this week, they... Whoever they is, that's in quotes, they don't know you. They don't know you. They don't know your work ethic. They don't know your heart. They don't know your soul. They don't know your passion of that dream. Keep that dream alive. And again, this shows about dreams come true. And they do work behind the scenes for you. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on that dream rekindle that fire, that passion in you. And if you want to write a book, then write a book. See it as if it's so. Become that novelist. I, I've had so many people say, oh, I've got a book on me I need to write. And I'm like, do it. Sit down and do it. And um, if it's important to you and you can see it, believe it, I know that you can achieve it. But you need a blueprint Work backwards, B to A, see the end result, 
see it chronologically from wherever that point is, point B, back to where you are right now, and then carve out some investment of time. Again, the commitment to a dream is what keeps it alive, your intention, your commitment. So uh, for some of us, we need to rekindle that. Some of us, we need to recreate it from scratch, and that's okay. There's no rules here. Um, Seth, I think um, I think this show, and I'm envisioning, is going to spawn greatness out of so many people listening. Uh, I'm looking forward to the feedback. And if you have used this show to manifest something that you didn't think you might do, but you did, uh, send it to Ask Jim. Uh, that's also for questions, of course. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. But also just send us comments on what you've done. And maybe uh, we have you on the show uh, to share just like we did with uh, our three guests today. And speaking of Ask Jim, we do do it every week. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. And we get questions, you know, ranging from, uh, you know, the life of an executive to uh, minor league sports and how to get to the next level to parenting to this one is just purely a fan I, question. I, I, I want to say you're also very devious, Seth. I'm going to share. Well, oh. you never tell me <laughs> what it is. I don't. And I, I don't. never know what it is. I never know <laughs> what subject. So uh, I appreciate you putting me on the spot. But don't forget, uh, you can't get in the zone without a little stress. So stress me up. What's, a, what, what's in the mailbag? Hey, Jim. Would you ever recommend to a pro sports team to just completely start over? That, I'm assuming this is where you trade everybody and you go after the draft picks and you know you see teams do this. Like, well, we're going to be bad this year so that we can be great in five years. Well, uh, hopefully you're not at that point, but we're seeing this happen quite a bit. Uh, we've also seen teams tank intentionally uh, and they've been reprimanded. Uh, by the league for uh, losing intentionally to get a higher draft pick. Sometimes, however, you might need to start over, and maybe you've made some poor choices. Maybe uh, your picks, which you did in good faith, just didn't pan out, uh, and you had no control over it. Uh, The Boston Celtics, years ago, drafted Lenny Bias, number one draft pick, can't miss. Uh, they were all in with Lenny, and unfortunately, not long after that draft, he dies. And that changed that team uh, for some time. Things happen. So, yeah, I, I think it's not just uh, a pro sports team, but I, I think sometimes it's a human uh, individual that, yeah, reinvention, yeah, I'm all for that. If you're going down the wrong path, uh, you're playing cards. You can bluff for a little bit. There's no question about it. Uh, and great poker players can do that. Uh, but it'd be nice to have a, a, a nice uh, hand that you could play. Sometimes you need to reinvent. And, of course, we always go out with helping you have an optimal score level, S-C-O-R-N-E. And when you have that clear, defined dream, we've been talking about this whole episode, and in large part, the Jim Fannin Show is about as you go forward to manifest it, you've got to make sure that your score levels are balanced. Jim, you want to tell us what that is? Well, you, you know, we all have an attitude, and uh, through research, we've really unpacked what attitude is, and it's made up of five intangibles. 
self-discipline, the willingness, commitment to stay with the task, to reach well-defined goals. That'll trigger cortisol into your bloodstream, help you narrow your focus a little bit. It's a stressor. Um, but that's where your blueprint resides and your goals and your planning. Uh, you may need that. Uh, the second uh, element of one's attitude is concentration, being able to focus on one thing at a time. Uh, a lot of us take a lot of pride in being multitaskers, although I've never met a great one. I've met many solid multitaskers. But you'll be at your best really when you're locked in with your mental, physical energy on one thing at a time and until it's manifested, whatever you want. Uh, so you may need some concentration. Uh, but you might need some confidence, uh, some optimism, some belief. That that comes under the overall umbrella that we call optimism, but it does have a jurisdiction over your trust and yourself and uh, that what you have is enough. And uh, it's the belief and expectancy and sense of knowing that uh, you can accomplish whatever is in front of you, especially that blueprint. But, you know, we can all be focused with, good intentions, and we can all try because we've been told we got you got to give our best, furrow your brow, and, you know, really give it a, a good try here. But we can get our own way by overthinking. That's where you're going to need the last two components that make up an overall zone attitude, and, and that's relaxation and enjoyment. Relaxation, really, Seth, is when you're breathing uh, lower than normal, uh, six to eight breaths as opposed to 15 to 17 breaths per minute. That's a calm. That's a peacefulness. Uh, it's tranquility while you're executing the tasks that lead to goals. And then last is just the enjoyment factor, the passion. Uh, you can see that in our three guests today. They all had that passion for what they were doing, uh, and uh, they were manifesting whatever they wanted with passion, that enjoyment as part of the fuel. So we're, we're now at the Zone Cafe uh, Seth, you're cooking up a big batch in the back, I, I think. I am. And uh, so what do you need, everybody? Do you need self-discipline? If you do, make that order right now. we got a big uh, bucket of self-discipline. Do you need concentration in your life? Do you need to zero in on one thing and get it done until you move on to something else? Maybe that one thing is a linchpin of opening up everything else that you want. If you need concentration, we got a plateful of that, heaping plateful, I might add, fresh. Uh, but maybe you need some optimism. Um, that is something that uh, most of us can always use. And uh, we're, I'm not talking wishful thinking. I, I'm talking a sense of knowing if you need that place, your order, but maybe you need relaxation, calm down a little bit, chill out a little bit, turn your brain off some, or maybe you need a the Happy Meal that we're always cooking back here. Uh, maybe you need a Happy Meal that we can bag up and uh, put it through the drive-up window. So, Seth, what do you what do you need this week? You know, I'm going to go enjoyment. I hit some milestones this week. I'm going to breathe out a little pep in my step, a little laughter, a little music. You've got a you've got a big week uh, as far as your well defined goals. So what are you what are you going to? Uh, I have a I have a huge week of things that that uh, are on my plate. Uh, I've got a huge month. I have a huge quarter, and a lot of opportunities are coming in uh, right now. I'm going to order some concentration. I need to shed a few things. 
uh, keep them at bay. I need to bring up the uh, one of my favorite words. No. Would you like to do that? No. Uh, would you like to look at this opportunity? No. I'll say it nicely, but uh, no is going to be the new yes for me. Uh, concentration is something that I, I really uh, am going to uh, concentrate on, is narrowing my focus. So that's really my uh, my quest this week. Narrow my focus, focus on what's in front of me, and get it done, complete it. And, of course, we always go out with the same greeting. We'll see you right back here next week. Don't forget, you can always come back to the Zone Cafe. Order something else for a different day, a different arena of your life. It's open 24-7. Be in the zone, everybody. And don't forget to pick up my book, The Blueprint, A Proven Plan for Successful Living. You can go to jimfannon.com. You can get it on Amazon or you can get it in your favorite bookstores. Be in the zone, everybody. It's the only place to be. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.